girl, is your coochie itching? Or does it smell like lobster water when you're in the room? You need to scurry on over to Peachy Pure so you and everyone near you can get some relief. Peachy Pure provides holistic solutions for vaginal yeast and bacterial infections. They also have Peachy Body Care and the brand new line of Peachy Intimates. Peachy Pure is giving our hot girl listeners 15% off. Just enter code BOOKCLUB at checkout. Hot girls need to smell fresh inside and out. Head on over to peachypure.com. That's P-E-A-C-H-Y-P-U-R-E.com. And enter code BOOKCLUB for 15% off. Now it's time to review the book of the month. Welcome to the Hot Girl Book Club. very first episode of the hot girl book club this is ingrid marseille one half of the hot girl book club and we are so excited to be giving you guys the first episode as we discuss the urban classic fly girl we wanted to start off by introducing ourselves and getting to know our listeners i am ingrid marseille as i said it before i'm a creative and a two-time published author i'm from the atlanta area We also wanted to talk about how we developed our love for books. Ever since I was a young child, I um, developed a love for reading. One of the things that attracts me to books is the ability that it gives me to be able to unplug from my current day-to-day life and just kind of get connected with characters, get connected with different settings. It's kind of like a vacation for me where I'm able to just forget about everything that's going on with my day, especially when I get like a hold of a really, really good book. So I'm so excited that our first book is Fly Girl, because this really took me down memory lane. So I'm so happy to go ahead and begin discussing this. And I'm going to pass it over to my co-host, Tamika. Hello, everyone. I am Tamika Cage, and I am the other half of the Hot Girl Book Club. I come to you from the Washington, D.C. metro area, and I am an engineer by day. And if I'm not doing my engineer things, I am probably reading or traveling or taking care of a soon-to-be adult. Um, I fell in love with reading when I was three years old. My mom believes I taught myself how to read because I was always in the corner with books. So... I've been reading a lot for a while, Um, and Fly Girl came to me um, in ninth grade by um, by way of one of my close friends to this day, Crystal, and I read that book in one day, and it got me really excited about being a teenager. Um, Unfortunately, I was pregnant the next year, so I don't know how much of an impact that book had on me, but, uh, (laughs) you know, I... I I enjoyed it. So I'm glad we were able to talk about it today and kind of reflect on um, what it means to us now versus then. Ooh, girl. So you said a word. Um, <laughs> I definitely think, well, no, because Tracy was using, well, she started to use condoms and <laughs> she was using birth control. But um, definitely, I read it in middle school. I think I read it again in my 20s. And then as an adult, so this book has pretty much followed me throughout my life. And every time I read it, I feel completely different about it. One of the things that immediately jumped out for me, and I don't know if you felt the same thing, was the nostalgia effect. Like, I felt like I was back in middle school, back in my mama's house, 
back with my mom picking up the phone, telling me to get off, you know, meeting up with my girlfriends at the park, talking to guys on the phone, like my first crush, like all of those things just kind of came back to me as I was reading it. I don't know if you felt that same way. Well, when I first, um, well, when my daughter, she entered middle school, not middle school, ninth grade, I remember being excited. And as a parent, it can sometimes be hard to get your children to read, especially mm-hmm. with all the um, the streaming. So I got her a copy, I think, for the library. And I was like, check this out. And she was like, I think she read like a chapter or two and was like, this is inappropriate and gave it right back. <laughs> so that kind of crushed my nostalgia feelings because it's like, yeah, you had no business reading this and I I don't either. So um, got picking it up, picking it up now, I'm reading it from a parent's perspective. And I was like in full mommy mode the whole time reading the book, which I was like, oh my God, this is not how it's how it's supposed to be. Um, but I definitely put myself in the shoes of somebody who was supposed to be over these children and what in the entire world was going on with them while this book was um playing out. Oh, I feel the so same I- way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even a parent, but Ooh, reading it now, I was like side-eyeing like the hell out of these characters. Like I don't remember like as a child feeling like this is too grown for me, but reading it now, I was like, ain't no way. Like I don't feel like I was getting into that much stuff at that age, like teenagers, just becoming teenagers. Well, it wasn't as bad as euphoria. So a lot of the stuff I could relate to and I've seen my friends experience it. And when I told everyone we were reading this, they um, told me about like how old they were when they they read it and what types of stuff they were into as a result of this book. So um, I think it, it was it was not as bad to me. Like looking back on it, it's not the worst that these kids could have been doing. Mm-hmm. Except for Mercedes, because she, Ooh. you know, she went off the deep end. But <laughs> she did. Um, but she came back. She came back. <laughs> yeah. But I just finished Euphoria. So as long as they ain't doing that. Because I had to watch Euphoria with my belt. And then reading this, I thought I was going to feel the same way, but it wasn't as bad. Mm, I still have more episodes to catch up on Euphoria. But I think the biggest difference is white kids with money. And then you got black kids in the urban community. It's definitely not the same type of access that they have on um, Euphoria. But definitely, definitely more access than they should have had during their own right. Time. Because I was thinking about even the difference between what we're into versus what white kids are into. So Mm -hmm. they like this book focused a lot on like fashions and what you were wearing. Right. And parties Um, and boys. (laughs) Yeah. And I, I was just surprised at. One of the things I do remember when I was younger that I, I loved about Tracy is that she was so spoiled. She got everything she wanted. Like there literally wasn't, except for the time her mom packed all her stuff and put it at the door, they never once like stopped buying her all this stuff. Like whatever she wanted, she could go out and get. Mm-hmm. And that was that was weird to me because as a parent, if you do that, your child is going to be terrible. Right. Pretty much enabling. They don't know the struggle. They don't know what it means to like have to work for anything. Everything is pretty much given to them. And she definitely showed that like throughout the book, like her attitude definitely was, I know I can get whatever I want. So I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want to do, period. So 
Yeah, she did. Right. And then just the amount of money they were spending. It's like, excuse me? Ooh. Mm. Gold chains, <laughs> gold earrings, real jewelry. Well, I don't know, because her mama did say she wouldn't get no money for it. <laughs> and she pawned it when she took it from her <laughs> that one time. So maybe it was. And then when she got robbed, too, which Ooh, is yeah. the reason I, I'm so grateful that my child isn't into a whole bunch of stuff. Um, because you set them up, especially when you live in these neighborhoods, you know, you're all flashy and, you know, the baby getting, getting robbed at the corner store because they got on expensive stuff. So, mm-hmm. And people are watching. That's why people on social media posting all of their business and stuff. I don't understand it because people are definitely watching, clocking and waiting to take advantage of you. Right. If anybody asks, I'm poor. <laughs> I live in a, I got in a shack, in a hut. You know, and I ain't like you said, I ain't got it. <laughs> I do not That's have it. for the better. <laughs> Don't ask because I ain't got it. Like uh, Mitch from Paid in Full. I'm broke, baby. <laughs> yep. Literally. I'm going to put that in my email signature. Because mm. <laughs> I ain't got it. Ooh. So what we're going to do um, for the remainder of the podcast, we both um, developed lists where we had different themes, different questions, and different topics that really stood out to us. So we're just going to go through that list and just kind of discuss those different things. All right. All right. So um, I'll go ahead and start. So one of the first things that I saw or noticed in the book was all the red flags in dating. Now, I know when you're like under 25, we're all dumb. Well, some of us are still dumb. I'm being one of them. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of stuff that we see early in the relationship or when meeting somebody that we kind of ignore mm-hmm. and then keep dating them. And then we get tired of whatever that red flag was and then complain about it. Or they do something um, you know, detrimental to us and we're all in victim mode which maybe that's warranted, but sometimes is not. Like the situation with, what was the light-skinned boy name with the pretty eyes that was like a full-on thief and criminal? I forgot his name. Oh, I feel like it starts with a T. I can't think of it at all. But if you read the book, you know Timmy, who I'm talking Timmy. about. Timmy. Timmy? He I sound like Timmy. a thief. Okay. Uh, it is <laughs> Timmy. He, it's Timmy. <laughs> Like she knew he what he won for nothing when she got with him, and she no. still pursued that, and it was just a a complete mess. Um, and like even Victor, Victor, <laughs> you said what? That was the thing with Tracy. Anytime her homegirls or her parents or somebody would give her advice, she went and did the exact opposite. Whatever she wanted to do, like if somebody said, Art "Don't imitate life." <laughs> How many of us has, have done that? Because I know I have. I have, too. I, too, <laughs> have done that. So, <laughs> I can't even, you know, talk about Tracy, but definitely the red flags. I mean, we started out in the beginning, opening chapter, her parents and her family, like, dynamic. All of that was, like, red flag, red flag, red flag. Like, her dad checking out so early in the book was crazy to me. 
Yeah, and how her mom put up with that for years. Listen, ladies, um, mm-hmm. this is why you have your own. Even if somebody's going to take care of you, which, because, you know, I'm all down for somebody paying all the bills, yes. but best believe there will be a stack That's my type. over here. <laughs> <laughs> a stack over here. So the minute he tries to pull it over my head, I'm I'm out. Like, nobody should ever have that type of dominion and power Mm-mm. over you. And I guess it all worked out in the end. But if you look at it, her dad got to have the life that he wanted. He got to come in and out when he when he felt like it, do whatever he wanted to do. But his mom, but her mom has years where like she was miserable. Mm-hmm. And you know, he out here living his best life and probably the best years of her life. She's sitting here right. trying to raise these kids by herself. So absolutely not <laughs> leave that man and go on about your business. Yes. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. And definitely not get there's pregnant. an Alex for you, like Cassie. Oh. You don't oh, have to God. deal with no Diddy. Alex is and Alex is there. A <laughs> mm, 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 mm. word, and I definitely feel like like all the things that was going on with her family, like her dad or whatever, definitely transcended into her relationships. That's why I feel like she just kind of ignored a lot of the red flags with a lot of the guys that she was meeting because she was looking for her dad, like in Victor. Like when she was telling her dad about him and I'm just like, girl, like <laughs> nothing about your dad says this is the man that I need to date. And okay. she was like head over yeah. heels in love with her dad. Like I'm trying to find somebody like you. And it's like, did she not, you know, feel it those years when he wasn't there? Like that it makes sense to me. Right. Cause it's like he, one, I didn't think there were any similarities in between her daddy and Victor, mm. but also I think it's, it's hard to separate um, the man you want from the man who, you know, gave life to you. Mm-hmm. And I see that um, with my daughter and even with, with friends and even in myself. I grew up where my father's never told me no. I had I had two daddies. Okay, Tracy. In case that sounded weird. Not in no homosexual relationship, but I had a stepdaddy and a real daddy. <laughs> um, no shade, you know, to anybody who has two fathers in that situation. But... um. I noticed that who they were to me, that's what I look for. Um, And then I look at people who have daddy issues or don't think there are any good men out there. It's because that that first relationship you have with a man Mm -hmm. is going to directly affect who you date. So um, if you are having trouble, you know, definitely you have to revisit um, your dynamic with, with your father. In the same way with boys and their mom. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, I hate mama's boys. Ooh. Can't stand them. Mm. And I always seem to attract them. And they are like the worst types to me because they feel like they can do no wrong. You know, it's just they don't understand the dynamics of the things or the actions that they do because their mom is like always there to like make sure things are going to be good. And they look for that same thing within the women that they date. And it's just ooh, terrible. Like, since your mama knows it all, <laughs> and that's where you need to be. <laughs> Tell him, Tony. <laughs> Ooh, listen, yes, no, mm. but but yeah. You know, I'm trying to think if I there was like a character was... in the book that I felt that about, and I can't think. We really didn't get to know any of the guys' uh, families, like any of the male characters within the book. I feel like maybe Bruce would have been a mama's boy because he seemed really like, you know, straightforward on the straight and narrow, trying to do the right thing, even though poor Tracy. That's who she should have been with. Yes. Ooh, and then he went to the Air Force Guard and benefits, benefits. (laughs) 
She just didn't she know. She's writing Victor in jail. Mm, but, oh, her king. I was so over the ending. <laughs> I know. The book took, took the worst turn ever. But you know what? I can't knock it because I definitely had me a little jail boo when I was a freshman in college. <laughs> and it was a guy that I knew in high school. And throughout like my freshman year of college, I would like write him letters. He would write me letters. But so I mean, I, I understand. But at the same time, I felt like she was just going in a different direction where her life, getting her shit together. And here comes Victor, as always, at the right time or at the wrong times, coming in, hopping in. So, yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah, I just I've seen that dynamic play out too many times of folks going to jail and then coming home and then they change or they go right back to jail. Yes. I mean, those are issues in the black community. But I I grew up um, my my stepfather, my mom used to go visit him a lot. He came home when I was like five. So I didn't like going to prison. So that's why I was able to like stay away from those because I didn't I didn't like being away from somebody. But no shade to anyone. I think we all need those experiences. Um, And, you know, they need somebody in there. Now, we will not be on love after lockup, mm, mm. but, you know. Be there for somebody who needs someone. I don't know how much I want to be there for somebody that needs someone. (laughs) Because, mm -mm, like, no. And then, like, how he's asking her to, like, wait for him. And he's going to be making all these changes. Like, I didn't read the sequel, so I don't know if they ever reconnected or what happened. But, mm mm-mm, that ain't happening, bro. I'm not about to put my life on hold and wait for you to get out. And maybe you're going to do right. Mm-mm. No, not happy. Yeah, I didn't read the sequel either. I know some people who read mm-hmm. it, and they said it wasn't good. So I just always stayed away from mm-hmm. it. I feel like I tried, like when I was younger, to read it. Definitely, I think I definitely like checked it out from the library, but it didn't have the same feel as this book did. So I don't think I really committed to reading it or trying to finish it. So, mm-mm. okay. Well, what were some of the other things that stood out to you in the book? Mm, one of the biggest themes I feel like in the book was the way everybody was moving so fast. Like these young girls and guys like were fast paced, like whether it was like Mercedes when she finally got into like boys and had her like in the basement of their parents' homes, like doing all these grown people activities. Like I just don't remember that from middle school, like running around, going in, you know, people's basements, having sex. Like, what do they even know about sex at that age? But especially with Tracy, like, the way she just moved from, oh, I don't like boys, to, oh, I think I like boys. I can make them do whatever I want to do, to now I'm busting it wide open (laughs) with this guy because I'm so in love. Like, that fast lane living and, like, the way everybody just kind of, you kind of see Mercedes, like, going down, Well, I guess it was kind of unpredictable, but just seeing her ending up like on the wrong path and how like Victor ended up in jail, all these people living so fast, enjoying life, you know, feeling invincible. And then life really gets, you know, real with them. And I think that's something that we do too. Uh, As young adults, we feel like, you know, we Mm -hmm. can just do whatever. So that was definitely a big theme for me in the book. Yeah. Um, now, when Mercedes just walked, you know, climbed out of her window, whatever she did, and went to somebody's 
uh, house mm-hmm. and just started having sex. Now, I was never a part of that mm-hmm. game, but I did get pregnant when I was 14. I wasn't, a, I wasn't in the basement, <laughs> but I was, I wasn't in no bed. But that ain't none of our <laughs> business. But anyway, you know, you have to be somewhere where you can quickly get up if you hit a garage door race. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mama. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> um. I I do remember a lot of people taking part in grown folk stuff um, where I lived. Um, I mean, there were people pregnant in middle school and it was like not just one, like a few. So me being pregnant in 10th grade was like nothing. Mm. But as far as somebody just up and just kissing you once and then telling that you telling them that they they can come over and have sex with you like, eh, no, honey, we want on none of that. I mean, you had to wait. A month Ooh. or something. But <laughs> but it wasn't we wasn't no jump offs. Well, some of us. I know some other people were, but that was just that was like crazy to me that nobody just took time to get to know anybody. You just ever somebody house chilling and next thing you know, y'all naked. Like I no, we didn't we didn't take part in those. Um at least my crew didn't. Mm. I don't know, you know, I definitely remember sneaking out. But it was more so to, like, hang out. Like, I don't remember when it actually, like, started happening. But, oh, never mind. I do remember. But we're not going to go there. So, (laughs) but I just don't remember it being like that. Like, they were so fast. Like, let me get your number. Calling them and then be like, oh, you coming over? You know, when we going to, you know, have sex or whatever the case may be. And then, like, for Mercedes, it just happened so fast and then from there it just everything but I I could understand her situation because her father was so hard on her and her home situation was just so hard like usually those are the ones that you see that kind of break out and do a lot of those things because Mm -hmm. you know they're like living within like a jail system or jail cell whatever so those are the ones that are like a little bit wilder but even Carmen Carmen was pregnant in high school and talking about they were getting married. So, and she was fast, you know, so I... Carmen got a good man, though. Yeah, she did. Tracy was <laughs> jealous, girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tracy was Carmen so got jealous. a good man. That's what she said. He going to college. <laughs> oh, that was, I mean, that was a lot. I just, I just don't remember. Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure we were that fast. But I mean, not that that fast, but still like reading it again for me was like, damn, where are their parents? And like all the conversations that they were having, like at the house and stuff like that. And I'm like, in no time did Tracy's mom be like, what y'all talking about? Like y'all talking about sex? Y'all talking about boys? Like here she come in the game after Tracy been out here for like two, three years talking about, are you having sex? Are you using condoms? Like you're way too late to be asking these type of questions. Like, yeah, a lot of parents are like that. Um, this is why you need to have conversations about sex and body parts literally in elementary school mm-hmm. because I mean, all of us have had those conversations in you know, um, K through fifth grade, and we were not having sex, but we were already having the conversation. Mm-hmm. We are influenced heavily by media, and what happens when you walk in and see your parents? Doing some, mm-hmm. some weird stuff at 3 a.m. And, you know, you just wanted to let them know that you was hungry, you know, and now you trying to figure out why mama was running. 
Oh, true story. But um, <laughs> you have to have you have to have those com- those conversations. Um, and a lot a lot of parents don't. Mm-hmm. So um, that was totally like not out of the ordinary. Like a lot of these themes. Um, I definitely saw in my life and um, uh, my my friend's life. So even with the whole mother daughter dynamic, where it's like way too late right. for her to be asking about um, birth control or um, letting her just kind of do I don't want to say do whatever because you want to give your kids freedom. But I'm the type of person, especially with technology, I need to know where my child is at all times. Um, because you never know something could happen and I need to know that, hey, my child was at this place. Not necessarily I have to watch you all the time, but know where you at. And then the whole thing when her mother got mad, what her mother whooped on her, but I don't I didn't think Tracy deserved that at that time. No. Like was, she kinda lashed out at her. Mm-hmm. That to me. Yeah, that so was that, that was right. And I that didn't stick out to me when I when I read it back then. What stuck out to me back then was like all the nasty parts. But uh, <laughs> a lot of those like where the parenting went wrong are the themes that resonated for me. It's probably because my daughter's 17. But I didn't like the fact that like she jumped on her or like the explanation her daddy gave in the end about why he wasn't there. Ooh, I don't even um <laughs> I don't know if I was triggered, <laughs> but I was just like, oh, this 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 is a mess. Um, and it it was definitely uh, much different this time around, the themes that that I picked up on. I don't know. I just I'm going to double back because you talked about like her mom giving her freedom. And I remember growing up and my mom, she was pretty cool. She let us do kind of like whatever, but not like too crazy but we were able to like go hang out with our friends especially when we were living in new york we were able to go out you know as long as we were back you know by the street lights everybody know that so like we used to go out you know run the block and stuff like that but we weren't doing anything like too crazy but just the conversation about the sex and stuff like that like i feel like when i was in high school my mom found some condoms and I can't, I think I was already having sex at that time. And then she asked me about him and I was like, oh no, you know, we got him from like, you know, sex ed or whatever. But I'm like, you're so late, <laughs> like <laughs> to the party. I wish you would have talked to me about boys, you know, and stuff years before, you know, cause I feel like they're already doing it. You're doing it at school. Like your friends are talking about it. You're seeing things like in the media, magazines, music, music is a big influence and we already know how rap right. is. So. Mm-hmm. Like all these things, these themes, these images and stuff like that, they're already coming up. So like you said, that conversation needs to be had a long time ahead of when it actually happens. And I feel like my mom did the same thing. Luckily, I wasn't like too crazy, but I definitely felt for Tracy within that moment. And then instead of her, you know, being honest, like I felt like the same thing. Like I understood why she didn't tell her mom. You know, yes, mom, I've already been having sex. You know, I'm already on birth control because she just wasn't ready for that conversation. And I feel like if the conversation would have been had beforehand, I feel like that situation would have went a lot different. A lot. Different. Yeah, I don't understand because who wants to be in that conversation? As parents, you have to kind of like put yourself in that person's shoes or not even as a parent, just an adult talking to a young person about what they may be doing. Mm-hmm. 
who's going to just be like, oh, yeah, girl, I'm out here getting like, getting dick <laughs> down. Let me t- like, nobody's going to tell you that. So you have to create space for them to be able to come to you. Right. Um, like, for instance, I have to go to the, the doctor with my daughter. And when they ask those questions about, like, are you having sex and all this and that, I get up and I walk mm-hmm. away because I want her to be able to be truthful for her health. Right. Now, and I also think it honestly ain't really my business mm, mm-hmm. um, unless you're getting yourself in some type of trouble. So I just give you the tools because they're human. First of all, a lot of parents don't give you the freedom right. to be human. Um, and I know I, how I feel in the middle of that 28-day cycle and I be feeling like I'm in heat. So I'm not <laughs> going to pretend like teenagers ain't going through this as right. well. Um, and I feel like a lot of parents forget what it was like to be a teenager. So I saw that um, but yeah, Tracy, I don't know. I wish I, I wish we as parents would, you know, allow these kids, I guess the space to, to be themselves and stand up in themselves and not feel a certain way. Cause one of the other things I didn't like is how the girls were like deemed fast mm. in this book, but like not the boys. It's always, and you know, it's always like that always like that like immediately like um just thinking about the conversation when she was talking about her brother jason and talking about how handsome he was and oh he's gonna get all the girls you know it's just like it automatically that's something that is what's the word like looked at as a good thing for yes for the Mm -hmm. guys but for girls it's not the same thing like carmen like i feel like if she was a dude in the book Hell, she was Victor. She was a female Victor from what that explains. But Victor, you know, gets praised. Cash gets praised. Like all these guys, they were like the hottest or like whatever, the most popular in the streets. But the girls were pretty much, you know, just the bust downs. And that was it. Well, I don't know if Cash got praised. Oh, well, uh... you know, he's a little quick. <laughs> She was like, oh, absolutely not. Well, he, was a, he was a favorite with the ladies, maybe just not Tracy, which that to me, that didn't make any sense. How is this older guy, this young girl, like, she wasn't that experienced. I don't feel like her and Victor were doing, like, all these different positions and all this stuff for her to just know so much about sex to where she was just, I don't know. I don't, to me, that was a little bit weird, but mm, I guess. Well, I know a few guys from like college and high school. Everybody loved them. They're like athletes. They're really popular. And they're like having sex with all these girls. And then you talk to them individually. They like, that shit was whack. (laughs) They're like, oh, absolutely not. But like girls, the girls who don't know yet or like are in love with them because of their athleticism, because of their popularity Mm -hmm. are going to hop on it. And then they're going to come join the rest of the folks where it's like, girl, it's a waste of your time, wasn't it? (laughs) I told you. And you went over there. But yeah. Mm. I feel like Cash was Cash was one of those. Mm. And that that relationship. That whole situation. That this is why I'm like, you gotta know where your kids is at. Cause you in like crack houses. Yes. But I feel like it was a it was an important part of the book. Like it was a situation that needed to happen. Cause I feel like if she would have never met him, never really got introduced to like the dope game. And all of that stuff, she would have never seen what actually happened with Mercedes. Like, I feel like the past would have never crossed because they were in a completely different town or city, you know, whatever. She would have never known. Like, that had to happen. 
but it was very inappropriate. <laughs> right. Let me stop being judgmental about knowing where your kids are at. I live in the tech world mm-hmm. now and also I work in the tech world. So I just track my child. She don't necessarily tell me where she at. I find out. Um, so let me stop judging um, Patty. But <laughs> yeah, it's, um, yeah, I'm, you know what? Most of our experiences uh, work together for the greater good. Like may not seem good at mm-hmm. first, like being in those areas or going through something, but it worked out and Tracy was like, absolutely not. And like completely cleaned up her behavior, which. Yes, girl, she did a whole 180. But I'm glad it happened. I think, I think in some, I think in some ways it could be because I feel like her, her initially seeing how Mercedes kind of blossomed into like, I mean, she was already a beautiful girl, but like how she jumped into like the fashion, how she jumped into the boys and she had like this glamorous life, like all these fun and exciting things to tell Tracy. I feel like that really influenced like the way that Chelsea, um, not Chelsea, but Tracy, excuse me, started acting like towards her adolescence years when she first started like dealing with boys. So for her to see like her person that she looked up to at such a low, I feel like it was probably like a shell shot for her. Like, let me get my shit together because I don't want that to be me. So I'm following down the same path that she's going. Right, right. It was literally the mm-hmm. same path. Yes. But yeah, um, I remember being like really shocked when I read that in, in ninth grade. Like, damn, Mercedes a crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's not funny, but oh yeah, it's not. Know, it was mm-hmm. the 80s. Uh, but um and and as I was reading it because um, when I started reading it I didn't necessarily remember a lot of the details like I said um the nasty parts were clear as day for me but a lot of the details I did I did not remember and um I did start to pick up on when she was at that crack house I said Mercedes is in that mm-hmm. house that that's what happened yes I forgot a lot um, of the book too sorry but yeah I forgot a lot of a lot of the book, like. Yeah, I thought I was tripping, but I guess if you ain't, you know, if it ain't a show or anything like that, you don't necessarily remember all of it. Or if you didn't read it like multiple mm-hmm. times, um, it doesn't necessarily stick with you. But yeah, it was, whew, it was a lot going yes. on in this. Book. But I do remember one thing I will never forget is when she sees Victor for the first time, because that description the description always sticks with me because he has a unibrow in the book. And like when I read it as a teenager, I, it didn't click for me. But like when I was in my 20s, I reread it and I was like, wait a minute. This nigga is so fine. But like one of the... the but he, he, has, he has a unibrow. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. Like, because, you know, now we don't necessarily deem that as being sexy. Like people, you know get you know waxes get all that stuff plucked like that additional hair is not really sexy on men or women unless it's like in the right places like a beard or something like that so just seeing or not seeing but reading that description like in my mind like that always stuck with me so like when I got on that page I was like oh like my heart like started beating I started like getting butterflies Mm -hmm. like I always remember her meeting Victor because he was like one of the most important parts of her life, like from teenage years to kind of like getting older. So yeah, that's like one of the things I think I always remember 
no matter like when I read it, like their relationship. Yeah, a unibrow is never deemed. A I don't sexy. know. Didn't Al be sure? Like, have I one? guess he had to give him a flaw. <laughs> Did I he? Think so. You know, and money ma- money makes you forget. Ugly. Yeah, you know, and he was real flashy too. You know, real confident with the ladies. He was tough. Yeah. He'll beat up anybody. Yeah. You know, I like my men with a hint of ugly. You don't want them too far. Yeah, you know. you know. So you don't have problems. I agree. So you know, keep them humble. <laughs> <laughs> I could see I could see how that works, but definitely I was like, I always remember that part. But I always remember too, like how she shaped herself like through her relationship with Victor. Like from her first meeting him to like once they like started talking and how she try to switch up her attitude and become like this empowered Tracy or like this fly. Like she was always fly, but I feel like she really stepped up her game. Like when they started interacting, cause she had to be seen, she had to be known. Mm-hmm. And like from there, like he was always like a constant, like influence within, within her life. Yeah. And I give kudos to her cause any man that she wanted, she wouldn't got him. She did. She was so good at it. <laughs> so I good. mean, she, I mean, I don't think I, I have the nerve because one, I'm not going to backstab any of my friends or mm. I just don't like all that heat in, in my circle, especially not next door. Mm-mm. So she did everything wrong. But I, um, yeah, she did. Um, but Rahima was, I felt like she was doing the most. I feel like if Rahima was an adult today, she would be Aisha Curry. Oh. She gave me Aisha Curry vibes, <laughs> which I don't think Aisha Curry was like that. But it's like, I'm not doing all right. that. You know, and then they grow up and they're like, you know, why don't we cover ourselves up? It's like, girl, because it's summer. I That's why. Summer. <laughs> <laughs> right. Ooh. But yeah, I, Rahima got on my nerves a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, because I don't even know if I would. You know, you want your kids to be good, but I want my kid to have a yeah, life. Yeah, some experiences. So. You don't want them to wait till they they get older. And that's one of the things, like, I'm so grateful that my mom let me have a little bit of fun growing up. And then once I got to college, you know, whatever, it was a whole different ball game. But she did give me that space in, like, middle school and high school to kind of dibble and dabble so that once I got to college, it wasn't like, Oh my God, boys. Oh my God. Like, you know, all these different things. So new right. because I feel like Rahima, oh, I feel so bad for her, but mm, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, the, that's perfect parenting to me though, to give you mm-hmm. space to dibble and dabble, not jump off the deep end, bring right. your ass bring home. Back in. <laughs> and then once you go, once you go to school, like you have enough, like, of course we're all still going to continue to stumble, right. but we're not naive when we show up to campus. And that poor Rahima, then her face, like all of these things, like that part of the book to me was a little bit weird because I think, I feel like that applies to like life now, like especially within religion, like where it's looked at, but depending on your position, it's looked at like people who do like a lot of sinning and all of this stuff, like living their best lives, they tend to have like so much fun, so much excitement, but bad things always happen to good people. Like, oh, her face started breaking out. Then she got bad grades. Nobody liked her. Like Rahima was going through it. Okay. (laughs) She was really going through it. And it was just like, okay, you did all of this good. And where did it get you? Nowhere. 
Right. So it's best to just yeah. live your life. Contrary to Christian belief, Jesus don't want you to be out here bored. No. And I think personally that God wants us to, like you said, dibble and dabble. Because what are you going to learn if life is mm-hmm. always good and you're not exposed to anything that's going to make you stronger as a person? Exactly. You got to go through it one time or at least see somebody else go through it one time so you can know what to avoid, what to just kind of put yourself above. Like, how do you know if you haven't experienced mm-hmm. it? And I feel like a lot of that we saw within these characters, a lot of the things that they were going through. It was like, okay, good. They're doing it so that they can learn from it or that somebody very close to them is able to see, okay, this is not the same path that I want to go down. Right, right. But yeah, I just, I'm happy that we were able to like jump into this one because this was a quick and it was an easy read and it was so much fun. Like I loved everything about the book. Although there were some parts for me that were reading it now in my 30s, I was like, what is he talking about? Like these descriptions about these characters, the lemon, the chocolate, all these different names and long hair was so beautiful, you know, beautiful, whatever. When Tracy started wearing her hair natural, it was such a problem. You know, people were like looking at her weird, like, okay, you're you're still kind of cute, but what's going on with your hair? Like, so many beauty standards, I think, that we're fighting against now. Like, I don't feel like this book aged well or would do well now. No. Nope. <laughs> it was very yeah. problematic. Very problematic. For me, I noticed that they're, like, if anybody was um, dark-skinned, like, they weren't viewed as beautiful in the book. Like, towards the end, he talked about, like, a brown-skinned girl, but um, her track friend, I forgot I her know. name. Um, but yeah, how, you know, she was dark and, you know, she was basically a third wheel or she didn't have a boyfriend yet, or she became, I guess, boring like mm-hmm. Rahima. And then towards the end, it got very hotepy, which I was upset, which explains why the author Omar be on the internet saying weird mm. stuff. You'd be like, what the, what the hell? So the whole women not supposed to have periods. I don't know where y'all get that from, but I'm going to ask y'all to stop spreading <laughs> that information. Also, um, the other stuff that, that he was just just saying, like, I didn't I didn't mm-hmm. remember that at, you know, 13, 14 years old, which I'm grateful. Like, none of that made me want to, like, look more into it or anything like that. But rereading it, I'm just like, this type of stuff shouldn't, shouldn't necessarily be shared with no. young girls, but probably with anybody because I just don't care for Hotep's message. But I guess we all should be allowed to express our opinions on the world and what we think is true. But um, a lot of fake news, a lot of fake news. I I, I agree to like an extent, like I don't remember, but you know, being younger, I don't even feel like I knew what he was talking about in that part. Like college was so far ahead of me. So I didn't really understand the whole you know, PWI versus, uh, versus, you know, HBCU conversation that, you know, her and her dad was having or, you know, her and her friends, her college friends. But one thing that I do like about the introduction of college, even though it did get a little, you know, hotepi in that part was it signified like a change within Tracy, a change for the better to me. Uh, once they started, when she started interacting with the college group of girls, even though that boyfriend was, I didn't really get that relationship. 
You like I Tom? liked him. He he knocked her down. I don't know. I've been there, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was like, "Woo, change Ooh. your life, don't it?" But she was just getting on his nerves. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I didn't think it was realistic for a sixteen-year-old to be hanging with like sophomores in college, oh. unless they're like her sister was in the group or something like that. I'm like, that doesn't very that doesn't realistic. Happen. I uh, I graduated college, uh, high school when I was sixteen. So when I went into my freshman year, I just turned 17 and my roommates were all seniors. So definitely. Okay. And even in high school, everybody was always like two years older than me. And then my neighbor across the street, she was at least two grades above me. So I hung out with her and all her friends. Like I didn't really gravitate okay. towards people my age. I don't know if that was, I won't say me being fast, but I was very mature for my age at the time. So I could see that. Now, my mom allowing me to go off with them and spend weekends on college campuses, that I don't, I don't think was, Patty was, (laughs) Patty was very free with Tracy, okay? Because I don't feel like that would have went well in my house at that time. (laughs) So I don't know. Even though my mom did drop me off, you know, at college and she never came back, but... (laughs) Still, like, I feel like that was a little bit much. But the age difference thing, I, I could see it because I went through that myself. Okay. Because I was just confused as to how she came about hanging Me with too. those girls. So Me too. Did we, I don't feel like we ever got um, an introduction of them. Realistic. It was just like... Yeah, but it could have been in ways that you're saying, like, you ended up having mm-hmm. older friends. Yeah, because even my cousins, uh, when I was living in New York, were so much older than me. And I remember, like, they used to take me to, like, the block parties. Like, if I was hanging out with people my age, would have never went to a block party. But, you know, my older cousins, they're, like, at least three, four years older than me. Like, I was doing everything that they were doing. Because they had to watch me. They had to babysit me. So, pretty much, I got access to a lot of things that I would not have gotten access to. So I understand Tracy a little bit. All right. You had a little bit <laughs> Look, of a hot girl, girl, hot girl you summer know. before it was a hot girl hot summer. Girl. Yeah. My sister did the most. So my parents were like, mm. absolutely mm. not. <laughs> we know how this goes. You won't be doing anything. And that's why they were grandparents at 40, but that's another conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Because I was going to have my mm, fun. Mm. Well, see, now you got it out of the way. And then you won't be like somebody like me having their first child at like 40. So, you know. you. Oh, no, okay, that might well, be me too. Mind, <laughs> never mind. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. We'll see, though. That's the thing everybody brags about. Like, we'll once see. they get them, um, you know, out of the way at such a young age, it's like, okay, my kids are going to be old. You know, you're going to just be starting. But, hmm. Yeah, I only got one, so <laughs> we'll see. I'm open. I'm open. <laughs> but let us let us know um, how you enjoyed the book, either on social media or in our Facebook group, where we'll have more discussions. So we're curious to see how the book impacted you, whether you were just now reading it or you read it back then and read it again this month. Yes. And thank you guys so much for joining us. We do have a segment that we call the bulletin board where we will announce new upcoming news between the both of us, as well as our next month's read. With that being said, our next month's read is going to be the game of desire 
which is by Shan Boudram. Shan Boudram is a sex educator and relationship expert. And this book is the perfect book for September because we are rolling into cuffing season. And we want to make sure that we get picked up off the bench this year. You know, God willing. (laughs) And um, this book goes through, I believe it's five women that are included within this study that she did. And she basically gives them tips and tricks and different types of tools to use when they're trying to enter into the dating world. So I think it's perfect for singles, perfect for couples, married people, just to kind of sharpen your tools as well as kind of take a look at yourself and understand where you fit within the dating world or what you would like within a relationship. So I'm very excited to read this. And it's a very sexy book, sexy cover, red. Um, So I'm very excited for us to read that, we do have the information on the website at hotgirlbookclub.com where you can access where to buy the book, as well as there are some quizzes that you guys should definitely take before you read the book. One of them is the commitment style and the other one is the attachment theory, which is a whole another conversation for a whole another time because those definitely get um, very serious and very deep. But I'm so excited to be reading that one because I started it, but I haven't finished it. So definitely excited about that one. Do you have any news, Tamika? Right. Yep, I'm excited to read that one, too. I am technically already cuffed, but, you know. I'm, I want to sharpen my tools as well. And um, only news that I have is you can check me out at TamikaCage.com and you can find out where what I'm reading, where I've traveled and any organizations that I'm giving back to. But also I books that I read, if I buy the physical copy, I give away. Fly Girl was one of those. Um, and I also have a, um, another one that I'm giving away. So be sure to check me out there. Um if you like reading and you want some extra books in your in your library and you want to find some um, some book recommendations. But that's it. For All right, me. guys. Thank you so much for listening to the first episode of the Hot Girl Book Club. Can't wait to connect with you guys on social media. So make sure you head over to the website. Again, that's hotgirlbookclub.com and see where you can catch us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Bye. Bye.